All right, we are back with episode number eight of the Readiness Report with myself, Aaron Singerman, CEO of Redcon One, and Silky Tuba, president of Redcon One. Yes, and tonight we have an exciting show. I was calling this casually the Olympia Show, Eric. Kind of is, though. It right? is the Olympia Show. I mean, it's it like the Olympia intended. preview show. We don't have the, the use of the Olympia trademark. We didn't talk to Dan oh, about shit. that, but uh, we are using the uh, Olympia today in the sense that we have two very important figures in the, in the world Olympia. First, we have Dan Solomon, the CEO of the Olympia. And, and then Brandon Curry, uh, Mr. Olympia number 15. Yes, for sure. Johnny, the feedback, turn the volume down in the background. Johnny's got the volume very loud. He's because um, he's watching something else in the background. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. One, of, one of Johnny's videos? <laughs> yeah, he's, oh. he's editing his own stuff. In the I side. see, I see. Okay. So, guys, let me remind you before we get going on the, on the whole show that this is a question and answer show. If you have questions that you'd like to be answered later in the show, or right now, when we're starting getting going, you can always ask him the Johnny. And then right in the background, Ryan Monahan, Chief Marketing Officer. He's raising his hand. You can't see him, but he's in the background down there. I think he's wearing uh, next shorts. Next to Dan Solomon. Yeah, he's probably not wearing shorts. Yeah. He's actually watching the questions. So if you get answers to your questions live before we even answer them, that's Ryan writing back to you. But we will be answering those questions at the appropriate time later in the show. So maybe you have a question about the Olympia for the CEO of the Olympia, Dan Solomon. Or maybe you have a question about competing last year against uh, Mamadou from uh, Brandon, then he's the guy later on. And if we don't get to you, don't think we've missed the question towards the very end of the show. If it's applicable, we'll come back to you. Yeah, usually Ryan cues them and saves them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, there are three segments of the show. And the first segment of the show, before we go to Dan Solomon, is the news, local news in the world. So obviously for the old readiness report, Eric, we went to news related to Redcon 1, and we decided to venture away from that, right? Well, because that's the thing is, we've got a global fan base. So it's now it kind of had to get out past and just I think when we did the format for the readiness trial, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was kind of like, you know what, we have this platform and we should, we should just do our own, you know, like our opinion of, cause I mean, people always ask us. So give us our opinion of the news and what's going on in the world. Yeah. So number one, the first thing, and this is kind of applicable to Redcon one because Amazon prime and Amazon have been a big part of Redcon one in the last year and a half or so. We actually got invited two Olympias ago uh, to have a meeting with the Amazon success team. And they said, why are you not having your own Amazon store on Amazon? Why are you allowing third-party retailers to sell your own products? And, uh, and it was eye-opening. And they invited us to Seattle. And Yeah, so essentially they showed us, like, here's how much money is being generated from your brand, and you get zero dollars. Yeah. Um, and more or less told us, like, hey here's how we would do it here's you know you control your listing you essentially don't let us buy your product from yeah, you yeah. um spend money on advertising yeah and that's what they really helped kind of build that section of the business that wasn't there before um because we really didn't have any real understanding of it at that point otherwise we would have done it and I know for me, I thought, well, shit, we should sell to Amazon. And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they talked to so. And the truth is, the real reason for them doing that for both of these things is they want us to spend money on Amazon. They found out we're spending all this money on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. And they said, well, hey, if you're spending all this money with these guys, what about us? And, uh, and they brought us and showed us, kind of showed us the light. And here we are a little less than two years later. And man, it has been a very uh, exciting and profitable journey working together with Amazon. And Amazon Prime, more specifically. Yeah, and not, you know, not only is it profitable, but it's kind of helps set the. If, if you do it right, it kind of helps set the tone in the market of like, hey, here's your product, here's what it's worth, you know, here's what you know it should go for. Um, not that you're price setting, but you're actually kind of. It's everyone checks Amazon, right? You're in the yes. store. You're like, how much is that? Back in the oh, day, yeah, okay. That's... Yeah, back in the day, right? It was Bodybuilding.com. So back in the day, somebody would go to Bodybuilding.com and price check. 
So they'd walk in the store and go, oh, well, that's $29.99. Let's see what it does on bodybuilding.com. And be like, oh, $24.99, I'm not buying from you. I'm buying on bodybuilding. Well, now uh, it's become Amazon. And Amazon has really kind of cornered the market in price checking, where you want to know what something should be priced. Amazon is the place to do it. So we set our price, you know, not artificially high, but we set our prices higher on Amazon where we think our product is worth something, what it's worth, actual value. Uh, not with a deal, not with a sale, not with something, you know, some cool thing like we got going on tonight on the, on the Redcon site, just our straight up prices. And we do great, great business there. And a lot of stores check, but things are changing, not changing on Amazon, but changing in the world in general. We recently have gotten some very exciting news from Walmart, which I don't know if we're going to talk about it tonight or not, but uh, Walmart, <laughs> I get it. Fuck it. So Walmart will be carrying the Redcon 1 products, a very select few Redcon 1 products and all of the Redcon 1, of all the Walmart stores, sorry, uh, around the country. And we won't announce what products and whatever, what flavors yet, but it's not a lot of products. So for all the brick and mortar retailers who are watching right now going, oh no, it's going to be in Walmart. No, it's only going to be a very, very select assortment that will be in Walmart. But one thing that uh, Walmart has reached out to us about, which kind of was even, I guess, kind of even predated the this one was Walmart.com. Right. And I remember when me and you looked at Walmart.com, we're like, holy shit, look at the traffic they have on here. Yep. And then also, too, was just the number of sellers on there. It was kind of a mess, but tons of traffic, yeah. but it, it was definitely a mess. It was a disaster on there. I mean, the, the 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 site wasn't organized well. It wasn't, it didn't look well. Hard to tell who you Hard. were buying from. I mean, it was, it was a mess. And so when we heard from Isaac and the team over there at Walmart.com, and we started looking into it, we're like, wow, these guys need to refocus their efforts onto this because... This is real competition to Amazon. And that was about a year ago. And now they're really, well, for us, we're finally got cleaned up and we're starting to make progress on Walmart.com. More importantly, Walmart.com is focusing and starting Walmart Plus, which is the Amazon Prime competitor and will actually launch this month, later in July. Yeah, $98 a year. Yeah, a year. So I guess probably too, I think what we talked earlier that Amazon raised Prime up to 119 for the year. Right. And obviously, Walmart's probably more of a price-conscious shopper. So coming in at 98, um, you really think about it. If there's anybody who can give Amazon a run for money, it's Walmart. Walmart had revenues of I think, around $514 billion last year, <laughs> um, where Amazon was, what, 280, $280 billion? Sub-280 billion. Yeah, yeah so Walmart's a much bigger brand. And the crazy thing is that Walmart, only 5% of Walmart sales actually come from online, whereas Amazon, obviously, a large majority of Amazon sales come from online. So uh, Walmart has a great potential to obviously name recognition, awareness. They already have site traffic. They have everything going for them to make this a tremendously big part of their business, even though it's only a tiny fraction right now. Well, and you got to wonder if what's going on now with everything with COVID is, will it help even like lift it faster because more people are going to shop online? And if they're a Walmart shopper, will they just automatically now go to Walmart. Yeah. I think it also too is the one thing about Amazon, I guess this is just my point of view with the app, it makes buying shit so easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally like, you know, your kid yeah, goes on and does it. She's not supposed to yeah, buy it. Yeah. I mean, the way those kids make their wish lists and stuff and if you're not careful, you're not going to buy. I mean, it's super simple to spend money. Um, and that's the one thing Walmart.com is going to have to do is make it very easy for people to go on the app, find what they need, realize who it's yeah. from, and buy. It's like what we're doing now with our new native app is you want to make it frictionless. Yeah. You want to make it super easy uh, to buy something, easy to repurchase something, easy to find out what you're looking for, and, and most importantly, easy to spend money. Yeah, there is no friction on my Amazon app right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is bad. <laughs> so uh, you got to change the passwords. That's what I do with, with Aiden. And it's not, it, figures, it's not, not Jackson. It. It's Aaron. Oh, oh well. That, <laughs> that's a whole That's more of a problem than I, I came up with that problem. Uh, so 
TikTok. So we've talked a lot about TikTok. Obviously, Redcon One does, you know, I think is a, a top tier in the world marketing company, along with being the best supplement company in the world. But marketing is a large, large part of our business. And uh, when we look at new apps that are available, TikTok has come up over and over again where people have said, hey, Aaron or Redcon, is, is TikTok the next big thing? What's going to happen with TikTok? So on and so forth. Well, Things are happening in the world in general, and TikTok is a uh, is a Chinese company. Currently, their main headquarters is in Hong Kong. They're saying they're moving the headquarters, but you know the the rules in Hong Kong being an autonomous zone has changed, and China said eh, not so much anymore. So the one thing that I can tell you about China, and I'm no Chinese expert, although I like to you know look into stuff, is that there's no such thing as a privately owned company no, in China. Not at all. So uh, the Chinese government has access to anything and everything. So you know like. I've spent a lot of time looking into Facebook and I've owned a lot of Facebook stock in the past, sold a lot of Facebook stock and um, Facebook, their big controversy, it came from Cambridge Analytica. That's when I bought a large majority of the stock that I owned um, was when the privacy laws were violated and uh, the American public and, and the public around the world were kind of outraged that their personal data was now available. Well, I got news for you. All these people that are all upset about that or that would be upset about that. If you're using TikTok, your information is already theirs. They already have it. The, the Chinese government, which is, you know, certainly different than the United States government, if you ask me, yeah. um, has access to this. And uh, one of the things that happens with your phone is when you send data back and forth to TikTok, you, it actually gives your location to them. So when you interact with them, you're using your uh, your location, your digital location to, to upload information. And uh, as we know, you can use metadata on information, but you're actually interacting through uh, through your phone. So they have access through probably your camera and certainly your location for sure. And if you got the, the uh, keychain on your phone, they probably get passwords. And who the hell I knows? Mean, yeah. Who the hell knows? So uh, that's something to consider. I don't know what that means for TikTok. Obviously, TikTok in terms of new platforms with social media is the fastest growing one. Uh, in terms of for, from new to now, right? There's no other one that I can think of that's brand new, like like TikTok in the last few years that has grown like that. No, we're literally kind of, seems like, again, maybe just because I'm not connected to it, but came out of nowhere and it's like everybody's using it. Um, I don't know what all the uh, half-dressed ladies are going to do now if this gets banned, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, but then what was it? Lasso was the uh, yes. the app owned by Facebook that they announced they're going to shut down two months ago, but it'd be interesting to see if, Facebook kind of revamps this because if TikTok goes away, people are going to look for a platform of that same nature. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So Lasso was the, the the actual company that that what well, was is a business that Facebook developed. And as you guys know, Facebook usually goes and tries to copy right. stuff. And then there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they went to try to purchase Snapchat back in the past. The owner said no, and they're like, okay, well, we'll just make our own Snapchat and integrate it into. Um, Instagram, and they did, and they created the stories, and man, it basically destroyed Snapchat. Yeah, nobody else. Nobody uses and, Snapchat. And Lasso was created for the same thing with TikTok. For whatever reason, it didn't work. My question is, do they still close it down and shut down, shut the doors on the place if um, TikTok is gone? So if that, why would that not appeal to those same people that are doing the dancing and the singing and shit yeah. in a different platform based in America? Well, because like you say, the, the switch that people made, the switch from Snapchat to IG, so same thing would happen, I would say. Right. So um, next story is uh, Kanye West running for president. So um, Johnny, first off, before we even go, do you got his shoes for us? The new shoes? Show us the new, the best, the best of the best from mm -hmm. Kanye. Not that this is the, this is a commentary on him as a person, <laughs> but Johnny, this is there. You go. Oh, he's ready. He's he wants ready. to find the right ones. Okay, so these are the new. These are the coolest of the cool. 
from Kanye. Uh, I love the bottom left one and the bottom right one. Um, the the Yeezy Boost 700. Whew, that's that. a monster. And then I love the pink one. Is that for men or women? I don't know. It's the blush. Johnny says it's for both. Probably says unisex. gender agnostic. Gender agnostic. So <laughs> I, I just had to say before we even get going, like, man, this guy is definitely a forward thinker because I can't see it at all. <laughs> I can't see it. It uh, tells you how much influence pop culture has on unbelievable because it's unbelievable if your mom and dad bought you those shoes as a kid you'd be fucking you'll cry you'll cry it looks like a show that one johnny show him that one this is this is the one that's like what the they literally look like kmart shoes from back in the 80s that their dad shoes like their dad (laughs) shoes from when i was a kid johnny's getting upset made uglier uglier, (laughs) made uglier there's 700 dollars these shoes what's wrong with people so i i i wanted to start with that because you have to 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 talk about Kanye, you have to show how ugly these shoes are to, to understand the influence that the man has. So yeah. he is actually getting people to buy these ugly motherfuckers right there. People are like, well, I got to have those. And then if you can't get a new, <laughs> how much they get marked up on the secondary market through like StockX yes. and um, Flight Club and all oh, the places yeah. like that. So uh, will Kanye be the next president? Absolutely, 100% not. Um, but will he alter if he really goes through with it will he get people to write his name in the ballot as a write-in ballot i think so because again you have the people who maybe aren't you know really tuned into politics at all they, they hate donald trump yep. and they don't like biden either right and so it's like they're gonna vote for someone and again they're like well then i'll just vote for him yeah i mean i can see it happening i mean not that he becomes president but again just a lot of people who just aren't sure who to vote for or don't like either side you know Throw a vote that way. And and we have a, a very popular uh, guy who threw his support behind him right right off the bat. And we've spoke about Elon Musk of SpaceX and Tesla before. Uh, Elon Musk, right when he announced, he said, he uh, Johnny, show the picture. I don't even have to say. Johnny's ready with it. No, Johnny's not ready with it. Johnny, come on yourself, Johnny. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> there it goes. So... We must now realize the promise of America by trusting God, unifying our vision and building our future. I am running for president of the United States. And then Elon Musk says, you have my full support. Now, interestingly enough, a few days after that, Elon Musk maybe got some negative feedback from people and uh, kind of retracted his statement. And uh, he said this, Johnny. Johnny, you know, we're, this is an order, Johnny. I'm not like randomly going to this. Johnny's like shocked every time. Oh my God. He said, All right. We may have more differences of opinion than I anticipated. Well, that being said, that doesn't mean he t- he didn't really withdraw his approval. He just said they have just differences of opinion. I think the difference of opinion came down to uh, what was it that Kanye had never voted in his life? He wasn't registered until recently. Yes. Uh, vaccines are the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. And then what was it? Planned Parenthood was designed by white supremacists. He said some so, controversial things yeah, a little bit, so, a little bit, but look at his shoes. So, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. what's crazy is that that brand Yeezy was valued by Bank of America this year oh, yeah. at $3 billion. Yeah. He's got a net worth of somewhere north of $4 billion. So yeah, he, well, I yeah. say right now he's about 1.3 billion. Okay. Include, well, if you include the, the Yeezys. Well, well, cause that's, yeah. The portion that he owns is okay. like a certain portion. Well, he called himself a Christian genius billionaire. Kanye West, that's his new name. Which is an interesting oxymoron itself, right? Because if you're Christian, you're not allowed to be a false idol. And his prior nickname was Yeezus. So, you know. It is a little weird. Yeah, and then you're 
Christian billionaire, whatever. There may be some some uh, unusual, you know, thought process in there. Yeah, maybe just I don't know. So now here's the thing, right? And this is where it really comes. It makes it kind of interesting. Is so if he were to write in, right? If people were to write in the name Yeezy's name in there, and not vote for Biden uh, or Trump, more than likely the, the the pundits out there say those people who are vote, who would put write in Yeezy will take votes away from Biden. So. The, the question is, as we know, you know, he's been to visit uh, Donald Trump at the Oval Office. He's been to Trump, uh, Trump Tower to visit him. Is uh, would this, would him actually staying in, would it benefit Trump or would it benefit Biden? Well, so that's kind of where my thought process is. Is we know that he's at least friendly with Trump. Yeah, he's been to the Oval, he said Oval Office. He was one of the only people granted access to him during the campaign, right? Last. Yeah. yeah. So, is this something that's drummed up by? The Trump side to get people to th- throw away the vote that would go towards Biden, so that way it pushes it more. You never know; it's politics. So, since we're uh, talking conspiracy theories, I have to talk about before I'm we go just... to Dan Solomon. This is our last one. <laughs> That's our segue. It's just Dan would like that. Our segue to COVID death rate going down while the cases are going rapidly up. Johnny, he's got it. Boom, we got he's got it. it. Okay, okay, Johnny. All right. And get some points back. Um, so as uh, as the cases go up and up and up, I mean, for all we know, this is old as hell. Yeah, this is old. Yeah. Have a date? Johnny, it's old. Uh, but anyway, um, so the uh, as the cases go up, right, we're getting more and more and more and more cases. It's getting crazy here in South Florida. In Florida in general, the death rate goes down and down and down. And it's a unique, unusual position where, you know, things change here are so fluid, especially in, in South Florida, but around the country. Nobody knows anything. I mean, the, the amount of different things we hear all the time is almost shocking where it's, where, you know, like we said about conspiracy theories, it's, I'm anti-conspiracy theory. My whole life I've been anti-conspiracy theory, uh, but it's starting to feel like things are not maybe what they seem. Yeah, I think enough of the curtain's been pulled back on the Wizard of Oz a little bit, that is our federal government, that you got to start asking, you know, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist either, but you do have to start asking questions sometimes of why. Because some, some of it just does not make any sense. And, like, I think even the CDC defines, like, with the number of people testing positive versus the death rate going down, it doesn't even qualify as a pandemic anymore. It's so weird. It's so, so weird. And I know people are now, so a lot of people who got tested positive are now testing multiple times because you have the ability to test over and over again. So um, I, we know now that if you test five or six times, you test positive for five and negative your last time, they count all four as new tests. Oh, geez. so it's like, who the, who the hell knows? So, I mean, all I could say is, you know, I, I personally, I know you personally hope that this ends as soon as possible and we move past this crazy time in, in our lives. And hopefully it doesn't take till after November and the elections to move Jesus. to move to a more normal time. But man, things certainly are getting, I feel like it's, it's the, the craziness is still accelerating. What do you think? Oh, lately it's gotten, it's gotten stranger. Cause I mean, obviously, I mean we're required to wear masks everywhere. Now. Yeah. And like our, uh, our, to well your oldest my youngest we don't they go to the same their friends they go to the same uh camp summer camp yeah and i mean they went from it was normal to now they got to wear master and everything and then you know uh an article got written about violate it's just it's crazy it's just like it went from things kind of getting back on track to now we're not even sure what type of school year they're gonna yeah. have yeah. they may start off the year from home it's just yeah it's yeah crazy. I mean, well for I, I know for i saw some of the the Miami-Dade public schools are not not opening at all. No, they're doing it all remote, and uh, you know that's I can't even imagine with three kids at home. Brandon's Ugh. got four, four kids. Imagine man. you can't four kids at home, no school at all. I can't even imagine. And the funny thing is, it's like how do they how do they expect people to 
work and make money and live their life. Yeah, what if you're a couple? Kids at home? Yeah, what if you're a couple that both parents have to work? Yeah, or a single parent. I mean, yeah. you're, you're fucked. And so you work that, an essential job. What the hell yeah, do you gotta do? Dude, you gotta quit it? It's it's crazy. So okay. Without further ado, you know, we're going, this is a weird segue here. So <laughs> kind of off transition. I can't, I can't I can't make it into from that to, to good. We should have thought of something else. Let's talk about something exciting, something that everybody looks forward to every year. The the Super Bowl of bodybuilding, Mr. Olympia. And with us today, where Johnny's going to roll the clip, uh, hopefully Johnny's ready with the clip, uh, we have Dan Solomon, the CEO of the Mr. Olympia contest that, uh, that we're both really looking forward to. Lifting a life is always easier After you let yourself come undone They say they'll give you whatever you want And I'll be waiting in the shadow of the sun Seizing tower, no one's been before. Close the curtains, what you're waiting for. And I'll be keeping secrets till I'm in the ground. I'm in the shadow, the shadow of the sun. Where I belong, there's something coming on. I'm in the shadow, the shadow of the sun. Oh, and I need you. further ado let me welcome my good friend uh a longtime friend one of the very first friends that i had in bodybuilding that was in the actual bodybuilding industry dan solomon welcome to the show buddy aaron you know i was going to pay high praise to your producer johnny styles on just the way the flow of the show is going until he dropped the ball on the elon musk graphic and at that point that kind of just threw everything out of whack but i've been sitting here completely mesmerized by the contrast between the color of silky tuba's beard and his platinum blonde hairstyles. So there's a lot of stuff going on, and I've really enjoyed the first uh, 20 minutes of this show. It's been fun. Don't be jealous. I got a beard, Dan. <laughs> you still got a prepubescent face. So. <laughs> no, I don't know what happens. Like the side, it goes from dark to gray. Up. Who knows, man? As long as it's in my head, I don't give a shit what color it is. Yes. Hey, it's a good look, man. And you know what? The way you guys are doing, you guys are going so well over there. You can dress and color your hair however you want to because – I was talking to somebody earlier and they were talking about various brands in the supplement industry and uh, um, they used Redcon 1 as the example of mega, monster, iconic, ultra successful brands in contrast to some of the others that we were talking about. And I'll leave all those other brands out of the conversation, but you would have been very pleased to hear the reverence and the positivity that surrounds Redcon 1 in conversations when you guys aren't around. So I thought you'd appreciate that. That's awesome. 
Yeah. We, um, we, whenever I hear that, whenever Eric and I hear that, it's always amazing. And, you know, a lot of the industry, uh, experts or, um, nutritional sports supplement extra experts talk about things that people say, how do we do this? How do we do that? We get mentioned a lot or asked, what do they think? How do they think we do it? Or like, how can they recreate it? And that's always very flattering. Um, and, uh, and I think that the, that there is no answer to the, those no. questions. There's no like one answer. Even I can't answer the question and say, "Hey, if you just did this one thing, you'd do you'd be like, I kind of want it." It's it's unfortunately, it's good for those experts that are being paid for these opinions because they can pretend to know the answers. But uh, you know, ultimately, this is a kind of a, I tell people, right? It's a singularity where uh, I don't even know the answer. I, know, I mean, Dan, can... you've been there from from before the beginning, and it's hard to put your hands around. Right? I have. I've watched you guys do this from, like you said, before the beginning. But it's the convergence of many circumstances. First of all, um, you guys are viewed in the space um, as a very um, authentic, natural member of the audience. The, cu the customers that you sell to um, are very much um, reminiscent of you guys yourselves. So it's, it's easy for you guys to form meaningful connections with your customer base. I think another thing that also has really helped you guys in addition to your um, exceptional products, and I know people rave about your products, and at the end of the day, that's probably the most important thing. Um, but you also built a brand surrounded by patriotism and a real love of country. And I know that that message really resonates these days. And you guys arrived on the scene right when I think um, certainly people here in the U.S. and I'm sure around the world really were embracing uh, patriotism. And, and I know you guys have worked very hard to connect with military men and women stationed around the world. And um, I'm actually that was one of the reasons why I was happy when you guys invited me to come on, because I know a big part of your um, viewership um, are members of the military. And uh we here at the Olympia, we, we, we try to, with the help of, of, of a bunch of folks that we work closely with, um, one of them uh, we actually share, that's uh, our good friend, Master Sergeant, retired Master Sergeant Rob Wilkins, who we work with to try to create um, ticketing programs so that active military can attend the Olympia um, free of charge. And uh, the military has been such tremendous advocates, um, ambassadors, supporters of uh, the Olympia and of bodybuilding for so long that... Uh, I'm glad to come on your show because I know that your show is, is an opportunity to, to connect with uh, those incredible people. So keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and I'm glad to get to talk to some of those folks also. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, we, we definitely do. And, and obviously Rob Wilkins is a, is a very close friend of, of, of both Eric and, our, and mine and, and then Redcon one in general, and actually heads up the Redcon one foundation. He's the president of the Redcon one foundation that is going to give its first, uh, Donation, really, yeah. the first gift to uh, the first military family very, very shortly. I know he's excited about that. He played a, a, a very important role in finding that family, and he's going to play a main role in, in changing that family's life. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people here at Redcon and fans who were watching participated, whether they knowingly participated or unknowingly participated, because like you mentioned, Dan, we are a purpose-driven company, and every dollar that we make, a portion of those dollars is going to something good. And, and like you said, while Eric and I obviously were doing this to make money and profit, we're also trying to make a positive change on the world. And, and we've decided to do that through uh, military families and vets and active duty guys and girls. So uh, it's a, it's been a big mission, but your mission, Dan, I like that segue. I like it. Your mission fancy. is the Mr. Olympia contest. And this is a year that presents more challenges than most. And this is also a unique year in the sense that uh, last year you had a different, uh, 
a different boss. You had a different, uh, a different kind of agenda and things have changed in my opinion for the better, but I'd like to hear what you think has changed and what your mission is this year. You know, it's funny how things just sort of play out. I mean, you're certainly living proof of that, how things just sort of have this organic way of happening. And, uh, uh, yes, back in 2018, uh, after the 2018 Olympia ended, I was hired by American Media, the company that at that time owned um, the entire Olympia property, along with Muscle and Fitness and Flex and all those other longstanding um, pioneering fitness media brands. And um, they brought me in to oversee the Olympia and they brought me in to serve as their chief Olympia officer, really to kind of focus on um, the year round component of the Olympia. Um, we have a situation where the Olympia you know, for many, many years um, had been sort of built as a four or five day event and a successful one, by the way. Um, but I always felt that there was 360 other days in the year where the Olympia brand and all that it represents as sort of that preeminent symbol of achievement in the fitness industry and the bodybuilding world. Um, I felt like there was a lot that could be done with the rest of the year that would make for a much more successful Olympia experience and do things to sort of up the stakes and create the overall experience in a manner that showed progress, showed evolution. Um, and um, so for about a year and a half, um, American Media was the company that I worked for in that task. And then um, at the beginning of this year, um, a gentleman who has become very familiar by now, Jake Wood, who is a significant supporter in many ways um, for the fitness and bodybuilding community around the world and has been for over a decade, primarily um, I'm talking about Jake Wood. Primarily, he has um, done a lot to sort of champion the women's side of bodybuilding and fitness. And uh, through his initiatives, through his investments and his resources, there are now um, events um, on several continents that would not have existed without his advocacy and, and support and his production team, Wings of Strength. So uh, Jake decided that he wanted to make an offer. He has the resources and he wanted to make an offer to acquire the Olympia, um, which I should tell you for those folks in your audience who don't know the whole story, the Olympia is a 55-year tradition that started back in 1965 by Joe Weider. And up until this February, there had only been two owners of the Olympia, Joe Weider and then American Media. Um, American Media, of course, is the company that publishes the Inquirer, Us Weekly, all those big media brands. And um, so Jake tried to accomplish something that nobody really thought was possible because nobody even thought the Olympia was for sale. Um, and um, through a very lengthy process, we were able to bring the parties together. Um, it was sort of the convergence, like we talked about the way your company enjoyed success through the convergence of a lot of unlikely circumstances. Um, that's what happened here. Um, a lot of extraordinary things occurred and it was the right place, the right time. And, uh, and I was very pleased to be able to bring Jake and uh, AMI CEO David Pecker into a room. And um, they then proceeded to begin a four to five month process that um, ended in the acquisition um, from Jake Wood to owning the Olympia. And um, to answer your question, it's a very different experience. Uh, Jake is a very authentic bodybuilding fan. He cares deeply about the sport of fitness and bodybuilding. He lives the lifestyle. He's entrenched in this every single day. He trains. He loves everything about competitive bodybuilding. And for this event to be in his hands, sort of out of that corporate structure, um, it's a big victory uh, for the bodybuilding industry, certainly for the Olympia. Um, and uh, we have a lot of really exciting things in the works.
So Dan, let me ask you this. So hypothetically, Jake would, wouldn't have bought it. Let's say he didn't buy it in a different, a different reality. He didn't buy it and it's still in the hands of uh, Pecker and AMI right now during this time. What, what's, what happens in that reality with the Olympia? It's a great question. So it's pure speculation, but it's a fair question because right when AMI owned the Olympia, Olympia was a part of a very large portfolio housed inside a big time corporate structure. AMI is a media giant and um, there's no telling how that could have impacted the production, how it could have impacted my staff, um, how it could have impacted the end product. I will say this in AMI's defense, AMI spent many years. Um, Robin Chang had been running the Olympia for many years, and together, a lot of really good things happened with the Olympia under AMI's watch. Um, and I've always felt that AMI probably deserves more credit than they get for taking the Olympia at the time when they acquired it. There was about sixty or seventy pro athletes that competed in the Mr. Olympia or in the Olympia competition when AMI acquired it back in two thousand four. The Olympia now has 180 IFBB professional athletes. It's a much more larger scale production, more prize money, more everything. And a lot of that is attributed to the commitment that AMI's leadership put into this thing. But the truth is, we are fortunate that this acquisition happened because now instead of the Olympia landing in this sort of salad bowl of other corporate um sort of burdens, if you if you will. Now it's in the hands of a guy and a team that thinks about one thing and one thing only, and that's bodybuilding and fitness. And Jake has the resources, the passion, and the drive to give me and my team the tools to take this thing to a place that we probably would have had a more challenging time to take it if we were tied to that kind of corporate environment, especially during this pandemic and the whole COVID-19 and all the limitations that that creates for any business trying to grow. Um, Jake has not taken his foot off the gas, which has been really cool. It would have been perfectly reasonable for Jake to call me up and say, hey, we got a problem, fire half the staff, or we need to cut prize money this year, or we need to do it smaller. And nobody could have blamed him for it, but it's been the exact opposite. Um, Jake has said, nope, we're going full steam. We're going to take the event. We're going to move it to the Las Vegas Strip. We were able to complete a deal there that I'm sure we'll talk about it in a moment, but um, it's just a lot of exciting things have happened. And you know how it is when you have a new owner, um, that new owner is going to be a little bit more motivated to make an impact. And I think you're going to see that impact uh, this year in Vegas in December. So you, you didn't say it, Dan, but I, I, I think I could say it for you that David Pecker and AMI would not have uh, been focused on the Olympia and would have canceled, almost certainly canceled the Olympia for this year for the first time in 55 years. That is 100%. That is 100% not what I said. But I will tell you this. You're reminding me, though, of those great Aaron Singerman days when you were in your reporter mode and you always figured out a way to try to stir it up. And I got to say, we miss that in this uh, industry. I missed your reporting. So thanks for bringing me back to that place. But uh, no, that's 100% not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that um, I love watching you spin it because you're great. <laughs> well, I'm saying it for you, Dan. They would have canceled it. Robert uh -huh. Chang would have bailed out and found some other job and it'd all be over by now. But you <laughs> and, and Jake Wood saved the day. And I don't have any problem saying that myself i think that uh jake wood is the savior of this thing because i think that when you look at the 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 bottom line of any business and you're just in it for the dollars and cents you're going to look at it in a way that's much different than a fan somebody who loves what they're doing you, you look at it in the sense that this even if you take a loss for a year 
you're doing it because you love it. And ultimately, if you love something, you put passion into it, that thing will be successful in the future. Uh, whereas if you don't, and it's just a dollar and cents thing, it's really easy to cut and run. You know? Yeah, it's, it's you're managing the PL, you're like, well, that's got to go, it's expensive. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, that's, well, and it's funny because what people forget, what people, what people forget a lot of the times stuff. is, um, what people forget is that the Olympia is very much a fixed cost entity, meaning, you know, we're going to put up. We're going to cover flights and hotels and per diems and venues and marketing and production and all those things. And that happens. Those costs exist if we have 20 exhibitors or if we have 300 exhibitors. If we have, you know, 150 athletes or 200 athletes, those costs are there. And um, I've just been so impressed. There was even moments throughout when we were all quarantined for a few months and Jake and I would talk every day and we would kind of examine all the scenarios. And there was never a moment where he showed panic. There was never a moment where he even showed concern or regret. It was always, we're going to turn lemons into lemonade. We're going to figure out a way. And we did. We were able to take an event that had been um, at the Orleans for many years um, and move it right to the heart of the strip at the Planet Hollywood, a great demographic match for our audience, um, a great location. We were able to take the expo, which had been at the Las Vegas Convention Center, which as everybody knows, you have to drive to at the very end of the strip. Now we moved it to the Sands Convention Center, which is basically a walk, about a 10, 15-minute walk um, attached to the Venetian, um, a much more um, production-oriented, experience-oriented facility. We can do a lot more with it. So just a lot of real positive things have come of this. I don't know what the future holds, where we'll be next year or the year after, but right now we're very pleased by the way it has all come together, and, uh, and Jake deserves really a great deal of that credit because it would have been easy – for him to just tell us to, um, you know, abandon ship and uh, we're going to pack it up until next year. And that conversation never even came close to happening. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know for, for, for me and you, Dan, we talked um, when a, a lot of the stuff was still in flux and, uh, and my, actually, you know what, take it back. Let, let's reverse it. The, the day you told me you were going to be in charge or part of the, the promotion of the Olympia CEO of the Olympia, I told you either that day or the day after, like, Hey, the first thing you should do is move it. Like, get it out of that dump, the Orleans. I said, move it, move it. And you said, oh, we couldn't right then. And I said, man, if you move it, you're cementing the history of this thing. Because that is a, such a monumental move. Because I went, my first year for the Olympia was seeing it at the Mandalay Bay. And, man, it was so awesome to be in the same place. And I remember really distinctly the Mandalay Bay and walking into the, the Expo Hall and, and seeing the event center. Eric's the same way. Oh yeah, and man, it, yeah, it was expensive for sure. I understand for people like me at the time, it was it was a it was a serious amount of money to commit to be there. Um, but man, I loved it, and I thought like the Olympia that this is what the Olympia is supposed to be, and it shifted over, and obviously it's been there. It was been there for years, and so I that that was the first thing I told you. And because of COVID nineteen, which is a terrible disaster you know, making lemons out of lemonades is exactly what you did. And you created something truly unique where people are, I mean, if I'm going to Olympia as a fan, which I will be, um, I got to be super excited to see what's the, what's Olympia 3.0, you know? Yeah. You're going to see a whole lot this year, man. There's um, first of all, I know a lot of people are focused on the lineup. That's always something people like to talk about. And uh, this lineup continues to just get Epic. Uh, you know, we, um, of course, a number of weeks back, we announced that, you know, Flex Lewis was going to return after a year off and move into the big division and compete for the Mr. Olympia crown. Um, and then, of course, it was recently announced that this year's Olympia will mark the final competition in the 
illustrious career of the great Dexter Jackson. So if you want to have a chance to witness Dexter compete for the final time, um, that will happen this year at the Olympia. On the women's side, of course, Brandon Curry is, uh, I know Brandon Curry is going to be coming on after me. And I have to tell you, um, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, um, but make sure when I finish this, ask me about Brandon Curry, because I have some thoughts about him that I want to share. But, um, you know, on the women's side, we announced today that um, Iris Kyle, the 10-time Miss Olympia champion who hasn't competed for several years, is so excited about what she's seen that we're all doing with Jake and the team um, and Tamer and Angelica and our whole crew to get this event to where it is today. Um, Iris Kyle is coming out of retirement to compete this year, and she, of course, is the most successful bodybuilder, I guess, of all time. She's a 10-time Olympia champion, a seven-time Miss International Arnold champion. She's coming back. Adela Garcia is coming back. Um, Oksana Grishina, two of the greatest fitness competitors of all time. They're coming off the sidelines. They want to be involved. And I can tell you this, that we are not done yet. There are a couple really intriguing scenarios out there that we are working on. And uh, don't be surprised if the announcements continue to come and come in a very big, significant way. So um, from that standpoint, uh, it's going to be a really uh, great, great year uh, inside a spectacular new theater that um, we were fortunate to land for this year's event. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to be there, Dan. Uh, now, it, let's talk about like, I'm going to give you the, the bad what ifs. Okay? okay. And this is not for anything that a promoter wants to hear, but I'm going to give them to you. And you tell me what, what you think if these things were to occur. So if for any chance the expo were to be canceled, would the show continue to go on? Yes. Now, certainly we have um, contingencies in every possible scenario. Know, by the way, but there's absolutely no sign that that'll happen. I'm not saying that's going right. to, I think as a fan, that's an important thing to know. If you're going there, you want to know if there's like, cause we went to the, we went to the Arnold, right? And Arnold that happened. That's the only reason I'm asking. Right. So this year's Olympia at the Zappos theater tickets are on sale now. Um, I had to say that. And, um, but this event will happen. Um, now, of course, I should qualify all of this. The Olympia is over five months away from today. And we forget that because we, of course, moved the event from September to December. Five months in the life of pretty much anything, especially this virus situation, is an abundance of time. Um, when you think about how quickly the narrative changes from day to day, week to week, let alone month to month or five months, nearly a half a year away. Yeah, um, is a month away from December too. So that's important to note. Well, I'm sorry, I hear you. November is the month before December. Right. So. Exactly. So there is, um, there's just a lot. Um, there's just a lot um, of time between now and then. So, but to answer your question, yes, if it came to that and there was some, circumstance that prevented an expo from happening. Um, if you are one of the 160 or 170 IFBB pros out there training for this year's Olympia, I think about 115 are already qualified today. Um, you can be sure that um, the contest would happen with or without an expo. And I say that only because you're indulging the hypotheticals, but that's a fair question. And um, there's no question that we're very committed to having it. And we're also committed to even taking our um, sort of our webcast slash um, viewing experience at home production, Jake is very um, committed to taking that up a couple notches. As you guys know, the webcast model has been in place for a long time, which has given fans who don't attend the event the opportunity to watch it. Um, and 
the first thing, one of the first orders of business that Jake brought up, because he knows I have a background in, in that kind of production. He said, let's take the viewing experience for those folks at home and just take it up four or five notches. So there's some plans in the works to do that in a pretty significant way, which which I think will go a long way to sort of provide some additional hedging um, just in case there are some challenges in December. Good. I don't think there will be. I just saw Brandon go just, just then on the, on the, down on the screen, but um, I don't think there will be. And I think you're right, Dan. I think that as time moves forward, especially after November, I think that the, the craziness for some reason, I don't know why, but I think it's going to get significantly less and hopefully before November. Um, but uh, I know for us at, uh, at Red Con One and all the fans, we are huge fans of the Olympia. We're, uh, and you know, me and Eric, and especially me, are, are fans of you. And I want to see the Olympia and you succeed. And I want, you know, anything we can do to help along the way to let people know about the Olympia. Of course, you can count on us to do that. We'll 100% have you back on the show and do anything we can to, uh, to pump up the Olympia and uh, pump up how great the Super Bowl bodybuilding is. Like you mentioned, this is you know, 55 years in the making. The Olympia has continuously went on. It's never stopped. It won't stop. And uh, it is a very, very rare thing in the world of sports. Dan, I bet you know, I'm not sure if I know, but is there anything other than like the Super Bowl that's been going on longer? I mean, I know the Olympics, but anything else? Well, certainly, you know, the World Series and so forth. But yeah, it's right up there on that list and the annals of, you know, longstanding, history-rich, sports championships. The Olympia, of course, represents the world championships of the IFBB Professional League, which crowns the number one bodybuilders, fitness, physique, bikini athletes in the world. And um, it's a tremendous tradition and one that, uh, you know, I know you had a chance to meet and get to know Joe and Ben Weider back in the day. And uh, those of us who were a part of that and who lived that, um, it, it doesn't get lost on me, I know personally, to get to wake up every single day and sort of build on that Joe Weider legacy. And uh, I get a chance to stay in touch with his, uh, you know, his wife, Betty Weider, and we, we get a chance to kind of connect from time to time. And, you know, she always has such warm, wonderful things to say about how important the work to sort of carry on that legacy and do it in a newer and exciting way. Even our expo this year, um, we're sort of relaunching it as the um, Olympia World Fitness Festival. Um, and that's something that we're doing this year to try to further, um, you know, broaden the reach and the experience of um, what we used to call our Olympia Expo, now our Olympia World Fitness Festival. And I think that's going to create more opportunities for brands like yours and, and companies around the industry and especially fans to sort of experience the Olympia in a whole different way. Uh, Tim Gardner, we brought in to sort of oversee that initiative. So we have great people on our team really doing a lot of really hard work. So, um, but I want to say something about your next guest real quick, Brandon Curry. Um, Brandon, I got to tell you, has been an absolutely, um, he has been the gold standard in terms of how a champion should carry themselves throughout the year. Um, wherever he goes, he represents bodybuilding. He represents the Olympia title in a way that I think a lot of athletes out there should pay close attention to. He takes the time, he connects, he engages, he inspires, he motivates, he educates. He's good with the children. He's good with the fans. And, um, and I'm just so proud of how, how um, Brandon and, and his wife and Brandy and their beautiful family, they've really done a lot of great work to sort of add some real shine to the title. And, uh, and I'm very proud of Brandon for that. And I also feel bad for Brandon. And I'm going to tell you why. I feel bad for Brandon because when you're the Mr. Olympia champion, you're supposed to have 12 months 
to fly around the world, represent the title, earn big appearance fees, and do all the things that an Olympia champion gets to do, all the things that Jay Cutler got to do and Dorian Yates got to do and Phil Heath got to do and Dexter and so forth. Um, because of this quarantine and the, 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 the pandemic, um, Brandon has almost been robbed of almost an entire chunk of that experience because everybody has been forced to stay home. So a lot of the normal experiences that a rainy Mr. Olympia would get to do, Brandon hasn't gotten to do. But I'll tell you one thing that he hasn't done. He has not complained about it. He has made the absolute best of it. And I'm really proud of him. Now, of course, Brandon should be extra motivated now to defend the title. So hopefully next year he can have more of a normal year as the reigning champion if he's able to win this thing again. But uh, Brandon deserves a lot of respect and a lot of credit for the way he's carried himself. You know, um, I don't. I barely even have to give him my, uh, an intro after that, Dan. We're I, done. Come on out, Brandon. You know, you know, Brandon certainly is a mensch. Uh, mensch uh, Jewish people say that he's a good guy, a good dude, right? Uh, it's Yiddish for, for good dude, basically. And uh, Brandon is that without a doubt. So before we let you go, Dan, you know, the Mr. Olympia 2020, what is the number one thing we can expect that we are not expecting currently? What are we going to get there and go, holy shit, look what Dan cooked up? Well, what you're going to see is what our team cooks up and what it's going to be this year. Last year, we came in and we worked with what we had because we came in kind of midstream and a lot of turnover in the process. So it was it was not easy for us to really fully initiate the vision. And the vision is to do a few things. One of them is to take the production level, the overall experience, um, to a level that this sport has never even come close to. And I know that's a commitment that Jake and Tamer and Angelica and Caden and Martine and our, and our whole crew share. And that is just the highest level. And that's something we want to do because the athletes deserve it because it's the only way the sport is going to get to a place where larger entities, larger communities, um, more mainstream um, brands and companies want to be a part of. We know we have to take this thing to a whole nother level from a production standpoint. You're also going to see some things on the expo side with our World Fitness Festival that I think are going to look entirely different from what we're all accustomed to. And I, you guys all know how big I am when it comes to celebrities. I work real hard to maintain relationships with you know a lot of those folks and uh you know we have guys like Shaquille O'Neal and um we're working close with some other real A-list folks that are going to really help us um this year to bring a real celebrity shine to this year's event and uh, be surprised Shaq is a true blue he trains every day with my main man Rock Shabazz out there in Atlanta and uh, they work real hard Shaq's happy to show you his abs he loves hitting it He's talking about putting on a contest of his own in Atlanta next year. Um, Shaq is truly the embodiment of kind of all the things that we want. He he is Hollywood. He is television. He is a four-time NBA champion. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a DJ. He crosses over in so many different ways. And when you think back to the vision of Joe Weider, that was the goal. The goal was to take this passion of muscle and bring it to all those communities all those audiences, Shaq's going to help us and so many others are going to help us do that. So I think if you go this year, you're going to see um, you're going to see a lot of that stuff. And uh, and I know you're going to be out there. And I have some pretty cool plans for Redcon. So I'm excited to kind of see Redcon's involvement in this year's Olympia. Um, but uh, we're definitely um, we're definitely amped up to uh, to see this thing play out. And uh, and I think the fans are are going to really um, 
are going to really enjoy the opportunity to kind of experience the Olympia in a very, very different way, right in the heart of the strip. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dan. We're, we're excited to be there. We're excited to experience it ourselves and see what Olympia 2020 holds. I know for us, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about is having Eric Weider on this show uh, to, to talk about his, uh, his family and, and uh, the history. Is uh, Eric coming on? I hope so. I mean, I think so. Uh, we'll see, but I think so. Yes. We've had a lot of cool people come on. You wouldn't believe the people that are committed to come on to this show, this little, little, uh, relatively unimportant show so far in the, in the world of fitness and health, but yeah, you're, you're, you're among good company. Uh, I tell you, man, it's, um, it's funny. I've watched closely and, and, and I say this with the highest level of sincerity and respect. I have watched closely everything you've touched and I'm not just talking about your products and your brand. I'm talking about the events that you put on the gym that you built. Um, you know, I saw the Murph event that you had last weekend. Um, you guys really do it the right way, even right down to these shows, the production value, like you said, the caliber of guests. Um, people talk about the success of Redcon 1, and I always say it's no accident. There's a reason why it's happening. Watch closely and you'll see. And uh, guys, I wish you nothing but continued success, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Dan. I, so. and we appreciate that, man. And uh, it's uh we never you know we never go small right i can't go small we got to go big no matter what and uh i appreciate having the ceo which is a big big damn deal of the uh, olympia to be on the show and uh, i'm happy for all your success dan it's obviously people go through ups and downs in life and i'm happy to see us both on such a big up making big things happen and i appreciate you being on the show with us and we will 100 percent certainly have you back to talk about the Olympia. And then after Olympia, talk about the crazy success that was the Olympia 2020 and how we overcame adversity and crushed it. Right. So Looking forward you. to it. Aaron, Eric, thanks so much for having me. I'll catch you up to you guys soon. Let's Thank go you, to Aaron. commercial break guys. And we'll come right back to the Mr. Olympia himself. Brandon Curry. After you let yourself come undone. They say they'll give you all of you want And I'll be waiting in the shadow of the sun Seizing tower no one's been before Close the curtains, what you're waiting for And I'll be keeping secrets Till I'm in the ground I'm in the shadow of the shadow of the sun Where I belong this Shadow of the sun Oh, and I need you I'm in the shadow of the shadow 
name is Ben Galloway. And I'm Matt Saracino. We are the Tier Operator Management Team, and we invite you to join the Redcon One family. I joined the Tier Operator Program because I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. Being a Tier Operator is phenomenal. You want to keep tearing up. You want to work for, yes, the best company in the fitness industry. Redcon One helped me reach my goal, which at the time I didn't even know was a goal. The products work. Like that's, I mean, that's what it is. And I want to help other people reach their fitness goals using these products. I love that it's like a big family. I really enjoy that we can get together at events like this. And it's like, even though we're thousands of miles apart, it's just like we all know each other like we're neighbors. We're not just out here trying to make sales, we're out here trying to change lives. Apply to be a tier operator today. We've got free gifts for everyone this weekend. We're bringing back our OG swag with a hint of Vice City flavor. Everybody that shops on the Redcon One site this weekend will enjoy 30% off their entire cart when they use the code PURPLE. If your total is more than $65 at checkout, we'll throw in the Purple OG t-shirt for free. At Redcon One, the more you spend, the more you'll save. So spend $250 or more and we'll match your $250 with an instant store credit to keep you shopping. You could have $500 worth of products and spend only half that total. The credit will automatically be applied at checkout and must be used during that order. Take advantage of the big savings and visit redcon1.com while supplies last. Whoa, we're back. So thank you guys for tuning back in after the deal. And let me just explain the deal real quick before I bring on Mr. Olympia. What the deal is, is if you spend $65 on the site or more, you get this purple purple shirt. This is this is beautiful. This is the, the grimace. Very majestic. Yes. Very majestic. People wanted the shirt. Doesn't come with the beard, but it no. comes with the shirt. Yeah, people wanted the shirt a lot. Like love the shirt because it was only available in the UK. Oh, double shirts. Ooh. Look, at, look, and it's like it's slow. Johnny, it's a different you're, angle. You're, is this is part of your plan, Johnny, or was it accidental? So no, it, was all, it was all part of the plan. Okay. So um, so Poor you Johnny. got the the shirt right for sixty five bucks. You're getting the shirt for free. Now, when you use the code Purple at checkout, you get thirty percent three and the zero percent off. Anything you purchase, and then if you spend two fifty, Eric, that's like it's. Oh look, it's your titties. Oh look at that! <laughs> you get. I think I'm more bra. You get. God, <laughs> thank God your sports bra's on. So you get the shirt. You get two hundred fifty dollars of free shit with your two fifty. So you can take your two fifty and you say, "Well, shit, I can get five hundred now, but I get the purple durable." So you, you <laughs> this is an incredible, incredible deal. This is too crazy. Uh, does it even say that in the deal? Does it say purple durple? No. No, we just spent that. Oh, uh, okay. I made it up. Okay. Instant $250 credit when you spend $250 and you still get the purple OG shirt. So Hell forget that, Johnny. Remove it. Let's let's go to the, the main event. Because the main oh, event is a much bigger titties. deal. Oh, oh, here he goes. <laughs> so uh let me introduce in the second part of our Mr. Olympia show. And uh, arguably more important, I would say, right? Yeah. Not that is, Dan's not important, but, but this is the, this is the guy. Idea. This yeah. is the guy himself. So let me just say, before we get going, thank you very much to SciTech Nutrition. SciTech has been very generous to provide uh, their sponsored athlete and their main guy, Brandon yeah. Curry, to the show. Brandon, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, hey what's guys. going on, guys? What's going hey, on, hey, hey, hey. What's up, Brandon? How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. Good. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. And we appreciate SciTech Nutrition for allowing you to come on the show to provide you. SciTech Nutrition is a 
huge company. So every show I've been to outside of the United States, you go to FIBO, you go to any of the major big shows, and you see SciTech wall-to-wall yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Even though maybe people in the United States aren't as aware of SciTech as they, maybe they should be, SciTech is a major, major name in supplements in the world. Correct. Correct. Okay. That is correct. I'm pumping them up they for you. Take, right? <laughs> yeah, they take me all over the world. They're they're the best the goddamn product in the whole world, man. <laughs> yeah. We're pumping them up. They have been they've been very very generous. And also, if you go anywhere, you know, SciTech is a major name, and uh, we appreciate them allowing you to come on the show. And uh, and anything we can do to help them, you know, this is not about uh, protein products or anything else. It's about the people who are in our industry and produce or uh, promoting that. Yeah, that's 100 percent the show. Brandon, you heard uh, you heard Dan Tom, the CEO of Olympia. What is it? What what is the first thing that comes to your mind after seeing that interview? Well, I feel like the excitement. You know, you start to feel that that kind of that that anticipation of what's to come. Uh, we need something right now to really, really look forward to with all that's been going on. So, what better than the Olympia? Make it like Christmas time, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. It's going to be like Christmas time, no, no doubt about it. Do you think a lot of people are not taking the Olympia as competitors? I mean, not you. I know you are, but competitors that are like normally would be competing in the Olympia or have already pre-qualified are not thinking it's as serious or it's going to actually happen. Well, you know, it's got to be a lot of questions. I mean, when have any athletes have ever, ever, ever experienced any of this? I mean, this is new to us in general, so it's got to be some questions in athletes' mind. It's a certain type of psychology that. The athlete has to have to deal with these circumstances that are kind of way out of the ordinary. So, I mean, that's human nature. Of course, there's going to be some athletes just, you know, questioning, you know, because, you know, we don't know what state each athlete is in at this point. You know, a lot of people are having to, you know, look for sources to provide and for things they don't have. A lot of people are not even able to train still in the gym. So it's an interesting time for a lot of different athletes. Yeah, so for uh, for us, you know, we, we're um, – I, I can't help but think about – all the guys that, that aren't even, you know, like you said, who aren't sure what's going to happen or aren't sure if they're preparing for something. So in, in our case, blessing, uh, Awadibu, who is an athlete who lives here in Boca, he prepared for a show and he was, I mean, he was in contest shape. Oh, yeah. He was oh, yeah. great, great shape. And he was all excited to compete. And obviously that, that show was canceled. No, that's no fault of the promoter or anything. It just, it is what it is. And, uh, and so we were lucky enough, uh, Eric and I and, and Red Cowan are lucky enough to be able to get Steve Weinberger on the Zoom or the meeting like this. And we videoed and showed Blessing doing his compulsory poses, basically doing a show, getting called out like he was doing a show against himself. And, uh, and I couldn't help but think to myself, like, wow, how lucky is he? Because all of these other guys would love, love, they, they prepared, all the people that were going to do that show prepared the week before they find out they're not doing a show and so many guys prepared for that show and weren't able to get in front of Steve or get in front of anybody and find out what they need to improve or whatever. And, and I gotta be honest, it's not like blessing was excited, <laughs> blessing, blessing was pretty depressed about the whole thing. And, um, but ultimately he was very lucky. Now we have what's going on in the world today. And, uh, and obviously for the Olympia, you only have very few people qualified right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen. I think they're going to do a strategy to get more guys qualified, depending on how many shows we're able to have up to the Olympia. So, uh, you know, you may have a, a certain scenario where I guess maybe the top three qualify like it used to be when I was first, when I first made it to the Olympia. So, I mean, I don't know how many athletes are qualified and I don't know how they're going to work it out, but I'm sure 
they're going to get the best of the best, you know, some of the fan favorites to compete. And uh, it should be an interesting year, regardless of uh, of all the controversy before beforehand. Yeah, so Brandon, like you and I, I don't know, when did you and I train together? Like back in, it was before everything started shutting down. Yeah, right, right before quarantine. Right yeah, before quarantine. So, so for you, you were just kind of getting back into the swing and letting your body heal. Like you're, you're starting to pick up training, pick up eating again. And then you get two months down the road now, the Olympia is December instead of September. So how, how do you change your game plan for that? Or how does that affect you mentally for your prep? Because you just start getting into it, and then you got to kind of back out and go back in again. Well, it's, it's all about pacing yourself. You know, uh, whenever you get a delay or something like that, you got to think to yourself, okay, I got a long stretch now. I think when I, w when I went to Arizona, met with Jake, he just let me know, you like, you got six months, man. You got six months. So it was an interesting, interesting thing in your head that you got so much time that you got to put that in perspective. I don't normally prepare for a show in six months. So you kind of have to regroup, re resettle, and then you got to wait and figure out when we're going to put on the gas. So that's something me and my coach, of course, will collaborate on and have collaborated on but when we're going to step it up again. So we don't burn out going into this show because it's a di different strategy. We definitely have to use now that things have changed. Yeah. And do you find it hard to not put your foot on the gas when you're already kind of putting your foot on the gas? Of uh, definitely, it's, it's, it's definitely hard to, uh, to, to pull back and, 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 and not go full force when you're in that groove, when you got that mindset, but you know, you, you still have to put things in perspective because like I said, you want to be able to last. You don't want to be able to burnt out before you hit that stage in December. Well, it's probably a good thing that you didn't make your way over to Kuwait yet for the year because who knows what the reality of it. Could you have gotten back home? Yeah, that would have been a big question of whether uh, I could have gotten back home. I mean, I know Kuwait, they were flying all kind of uh, residents from other countries back to Kuwait during the quarantine time. So they really put an effort for their own citizens. But I don't know how. I think I talked to some military guys that were having to wait to get out of uh, out of Kuwait and come back to the U.S., so uh, they managed to get over. But you know, of course, it took some 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 waiting in order to get a direct flight to to the U.S. from Kuwait. So, Brandon, what do you think about all of the guys who are coming from outside of the United States to compete at the Olympia? I mean, we have a large majority. It's funny because when I was a kid, almost every top Olympia competitor came from America. Now, almost every top Olympia competitor comes from outside of America. So if you look at the top 16, a large majority of them are not Americans that live in America. What do you think? Like, or is that something that's considered? Do you talk about to guys that are, that are your friends or that you're associated with other pros and say like, oh shit, you guys live not here. Is this going to be a problem for you? Well, I, I've spoken to, uh, to a couple athletes. One, one in particular, was uh, William. I don't know if you know William was in Africa uh, doing when they made the quarantine and he had to make it back to uh, to Holland and he was waiting. He was having to train and everything. He, luckily, he had the gym out there in Africa, but, you know, it wasn't a place that he he wanted to prepare. He was out there for family and, you know, opening up the gym and all that kind of stuff. So he got kind of stuck there. Him and his family got stuck there for a little while and he finally was able to make it back. So I was checking on him. So I, when I think about the athletes overseas, it's a very interesting uh interesting scenario because you know i train overseas so i can kind of relate to to being away and then thinking about okay am i going to be able to make it back to the u.s and it's this type of, type of situation so yeah i mean it's a it's an interesting dynamic i know like athletes like Heidi, i know with this current quarantine situation and the potential travel restrictions that's going to really really affect a big question mark whether he's going to be able to come and then of course with our numbers and everything they report in the media about our numbers going up 
uh, they're talking about America's not even being going to go go to the, to Europe, you know. So uh, them coming here is, is going to be a whole different question mark as well. So so we've done. I did a little little bit of research, a little bit of research, and, I, and I'm not saying this is going to be. Actually, I don't think this is going to be the case. Dan Solomon will be pulling his hair out listening to this. So um, there is six athletes in North America at the Olympia that would from last year. Only six. Uh, only five from America that competed that were in the top, right? That were anywhere near the top. I don't know, even top 16. I think there's, there's five in America. Six in North America with Canada, right? So if you remove all everybody else from outside of America that don't live in America, that don't you know travel, that would have to travel inside, it makes the Olympia very, very different. I mean, you, you've got people... I mean, even like you, you mentioned Hadi, but Hadi is, uh, is obviously probably almost certainly not going to be able to compete. Now, I hope he will. He is a monster. I hope he will. We're rooting for him. Um, that's what makes bodybuilding so unique. Bodybuilding isn't nationalized or, or racial or religious. It doesn't matter. And that's one of the things I loved about bodybuilding as a kid. I never even thought, maybe that's why Redcon's the way it is as a, as, a, as a business. I don't even think about those things. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. It means nothing. Um, but and same thing with bodybuilding. Body is not, bodybuilding is not a racial or a religious, you know, here's Hottie coming from, you know, arguably, you know, a country that is well, certainly not, not, uh, uh, they're not cool with America, right? We're not, we're not good, we're not good to go. And so he came from this country and he's obviously a Muslim and there's, uh, there's problems with that or there's drama with that. And yet he came here and got second place because that doesn't matter. Who the hell cares? It's about physiques, right? Good to go, right? So we were happy for him. Everybody's happy for him. We loved it. I I rooted for him to, you know, to be second place. I mean, nobody and everybody loved him, right? And we were excited for him, right? And that's how it should be. Why the hell shouldn't it be like that? It should be like that. And and as we continue to go on and progress, that's the way that things should be. But it's not that way in the world, right? So Hadi probably almost certainly will not make it back to America for the next Olympia. Now that is almost expected. But if somebody like Ruli, who's coming from the Netherlands, isn't doesn't make it back, or somebody who uh, like William, William is also from right around there, right? Uh, he's an awesome guy. These guys are all great. Every one of these guys is great. They should all have an opportunity. Mamadou, Mamadou. I mean, and we've had, had an opportunity to hang out with him. Obviously, Brandon knows him way better than we do. We had an opportunity to hang out with him, Quaid. And uh, what a fucking good guy. Does like, I mean, we didn't get a chance to know him like Brandon, but. The, the little, you know, the few days we spent with him, a few nights we spent watching him, us hanging out with him, watching other people smoke cigarettes yeah. and eating chicken. Um, we were like, yeah, we're like, this guy's a good ass dude. And, and, uh, and I really was amazed at how, how like good his spirit is, right? If he doesn't get to compete, how does that change all that change to Olympia? Now, Brandon, you are Mr. Current Mr. Olympia for you. I mean, Almost certainly that'll benefit you. How does that make you feel though? Would, would that be something that you're, that's, I mean, obviously not something you're looking forward to, right? Well, regardless of the circumstances and the athletes that are coming in, my, my number one job is to try to bring my best, my best package that I can bring to the stage. And that's, that's going to be my focus regardless of who is going to be able to make the show, who's not going to be able to make the show. I can't really necessarily focus on all the other guys yeah. and who's going to be here, who's not going to be here as the champ. I just need to make sure I bring what I need to bring to leave no questions for anybody else. So, so I guess, I guess the big question for you is you have you. So I, uh, I, now I've seen you compete for a million, a million years and you're even longer than I have. 
but you know, it actually saw you go to, I was in Brazil when you won in Brazil, um, which was funny because me and you ran into each other when I lost my camera for Dave Palumbo and he was losing his mind. Like, remember that, Brandon, or no? <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember that. So we were, you, I know he was pissed me, though. You and Brandy, I think it was me, you and Brandy and uh, Terry L, right? So we were like saying hi and Dave's like, where's your camera? I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, well it, my wife, my wife wasn't there, but Darielle was filming for my wife. Uh, there showing you go. her what was going on. Yeah. All I remember is that I lost my camera and he lost his mind on me. <laughs> I bet he did. I I bet he did. You leave him alone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so I've, you know, and obviously that was the show that you won. You did an awesome job that show. And, and uh, in uh, Brazil, that was one of the highlights of the show for, for us. And for me and Darielle, we're excited that you won. And, but we've known each other for many, many years and, and had an opportunity to see you progress along the way in bodybuilding and as a person, as a father, you know, all children, you have Brandy's relationship. And, uh, and it's an unusual thing in the sport of bodybuilding. All of that is an unusual thing yeah. in the sport of bodybuilding. We don't have any Mr. Olympias. We haven't in a while anyway. We, uh, Lee Haney is a, is a phenomenal example of a human being and a father and everything else. But it's so as a, as a kid growing up, you know, I didn't see, I didn't get to see in our sport, somebody like you. And so it's been really cool to see a lot of great people. I love, we're showing a picture of Jay. We had Jay on last week. Jay is one of my, one of my best friends. I mean, he's a, he's an awesome guy, um, but he's different than you. You're a family man who has all these kids. You have all these responsibilities, yet you juggle all of it and continue to be Mr. Olympia. Yeah, it's a, it's an uh, interesting world I, I live in, but uh, I wouldn't change it for anybody. Uh, you know, it's uh, every day is definitely unique. You know, with kids, man, you never know what's going to happen from day to day. So I've been actually appreci appreciating this time to spend more quality time with the family. You know, I wouldn't have been able to spend as much time with the family in 2020 if you would have looked at my calendar coming to proceeding this year. You would have thought, man, I would have not been home. I probably would have been just tired by the time I had to get into <laughs> my prep from so much travel. But I'm happy to spend this let's, time with my let's family. Let's talk about that for a second. So you, you, live in kuwait during your prep times and you also have a lot of appearances that you're doing not only here in america but in the middle east and around the world for SciTech. how does that how does that change your life and and what is what's the difference between 2020 and the rest of the normal year for you non-covid year well you know when when i'm representing myself and brands globally it just you know you're always on the move just and, you know, whether I'm training or whether I'm just representing the brand, I'm always overseas. I'm always traveling. So, you know, it's kind of I don't get to spend as much quality time with the family as, as I would like to. And, and I really do appreciate this time that I, that I get to spend with the family. And this has been like a blessing in disguise because I've been able to catch up a lot on uh, some of the missed time. And like I said, my calendar was was jam packed for 2020. I mean, right after the Olympia, I was I went straight to being busy. I had a small break. Uh, around Christmas time, coming to the, into New Year's, and then I was about to set it off again, right after the Arnold. So I went to the Arnold, and that was going to be my first trip. Trip, uh, and then I was going to continue from there, go to Kuwait, train, continue to travel, and get ready. So, uh, being that I had to sit still now and I have nowhere to go, uh, it's been interesting. So I've been able to, you know, kind of catch up, regroup, uh, focus on uh, the family and my health a little bit better. So it's been it's been a blessing in disguise. I, I can imagine it's, it's you know, with the four kids, it's nice to get caught up. And like you say, because you can't get those moments back. But so knowing this year that, you know, quite possibly you'll have to do your prep in the U.S. where Aaron and I have been to Kuwait. We, we were there for 
what, three, four days. And as you obviously, you kind of have to live a monk life existence there because there's really not much to do. We love the gym. There's nothing else. Yeah. I mean, you eat at the same restaurants, you know, everything's the same, same every day. And obviously with kids, every day is a new adventure. So as on the positive side, it's great to be home. How do you think that affects prep for, for this year of maybe where you don't have distractions there, but you know, home you do. Well, you know, it's definitely, definitely a, a different, different type of prep, different type of focus. Uh, when I think about this year, some circumstances that I've had, you know, I've been able to have a gym, have my gym open this year. And hopefully it looks like by August, I would have uh, the second gym open. That's kind of going to cater more to, you know, some of that feel that I have when I have, Co that I have in Kuwait. A lot of the equipment that I like from Kuwait, I've been able to pick some of those pieces out and bring them into this gym to kind of give me that, that setup that I need. So that's going to be a, a, a very different environment, a lot more motivating environment. Of course, I'm going to need my wife's help, number one, to kind of help me be able to, uh, I guess, her to take care of a lot of the responsibilities that, you know, more of the responsibility for me to really, really focus, focus and not have to worry about juggling, you know, this and that and this and that and really, really focusing and focusing on my bodybuilding. So hopefully I can't really speak of the plans that we have, but we do have some plans right now that is going to that's possibly going to allow me to to spend some stints of training with my coach and do the things that we need to do, even though we're not able to go to Kuwait. But uh, that's in the works as well. It's, you know, batter, of course, is really supportive of, of me as an athlete. And uh, we're looking over all our, our options right now. And we got some some plans that's going to allow me to get some quality time. Just me and my coach kind of training and getting into that groove, you know, that groove that we need to get into before the Olympics. So, so we are uh, we are obviously we've been to Carbon Culture Gym and uh, check it out in, uh, in Tennessee. And man, the gym there is unbelievable. You've done a great job. You and Brent and the rest of the team have done a unbelievable job creating a unique atmosphere for serious athletes in Tennessee. And I know we are actually going to be there come August 9th. Well, it, it, well, the new date actually will be uh, the grand opening date will be uh, September 19th. Yeah. Oh, we just found out. That's a breaking news. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I think Brent, I think Brent may have, uh, he should have relayed you on that one, but yeah, we will open up the facility on August 8th. And we'll do we'll do a little little thing, but we'll have the big grand opening event in Very September. Cool. We'll so come back, we'll have to come back twice. That's that's awesome. So you guys have have created something really unique there, and uh, Carbon Culture is an unbelievable training facility uh, for serious athletes and people that are just getting into it. And uh, we have had a chance to go to the one in Tennessee and uh, Franklin. In Franklin, or it's outside of Franklin, right? Yes, yeah, Franklin, Franklin, right in Franklin. Franklin? Yeah, Franklin, Tennessee. The next one will yeah. be in Murfreesboro, which in is where Murfreesboro, actually the big one right? right now. Yeah, we're excited for you, man. Uh, Murfreesboro is, I mean, Brandon can tell you better than us, but Murfreesboro, Tennessee, while some people may not have heard of it, is, is a huge hotbed of fitness for Tennessee and for the whole area. And so, like, people that are serious about getting in shape, serious about bodybuilding and fitness, this is the place they move. It's like the mecca of Tennessee, right, Brandon? Yeah, you know, I started bodybuilding in, in Murfreesboro, uh, Tennessee, so I can, I can attest to that. I, I've seen it actually change a lot over the years. You know, I kind of, I started off at, at a powerlifting gym uh, called Olympus, and I started out there. And then I kind of it kind of changed over time into a bodybuilding and fitness-oriented atmosphere. And then we have, like, man, multiple gyms here. I mean, it's, it's at least maybe 13, 15 gyms in this town wow. that are up. I mean, at one time, we had three goals gyms in, in this town alone. Now we're down to a couple of goals, Jim. So it's a, it's a big fitness town, 
but we're going to provide a niche specifically for the athlete, uh, specifically for those that, you know, that want an environment that is hardcore, but that's clean and that's sleek and that's put some real thought and effort into it by, by athletes like myself to kind of coordinate an, an atmosphere to just, well, we want to produce the best, but we also want to help people be better. You know, we want to bring the athletes in, have them, you know, learn from each other and learn from professionals like John Meadows and, and whatnot that we have come and give seminars. So we want to create a learning environment as well as an environment where you can just get dirty and train and, and get some gains and improve. That's awesome. That's awesome, Brandon. You guys are you guys are doing something really right. You know, we're doing the same thing here at Radcon One Gym in uh, in South Florida, and we're excited for you guys over there. I mean, that is that is truly what it's about is creating not just a place to work out, but a place to learn and better yourself and and talk to people who have uh, done things that you'd like to do. I mean, that's that's really ultimately what it's about providing value to the customer base. So for you, you know, you've uh, you've I mean, sacrificed a lot going to Kuwait. Becoming, I, I'll just tell a quick story. So, for 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 me personally, me and Darielle and and uh, I know Eric and Aaron also, we were sitting in the front row for the Olympia last year, and um, I think it's one of the more emotional times. I mean, I've been for I've been to a lot of Olympias. I've been to I've seen you know Jay win, Jay lose, and I'm close to Jay. I've seen uh, you know so Ronnie lose. I've seen I've seen a lot of cool stuff, a lot of really historical uh, events at the Olympia. And when I saw you win, I have to say, I think it may be the most emotional that, that me and Darielle felt, and certainly me, uh, because I know what went into that, right? I know the sacrifices that went into you winning. It wasn't just you on your own. Like, so I love Jay. I love Jay. And, but Jay, you know, he, he didn't go to Kuwait, right? He didn't leave his family. He didn't do those things. And nobody really did. And, uh, and while that, that doesn't say, I'm not saying that makes somebody better than the other for me personally, I can identify with the fact leaving, and here's the picture, good job, Johnny, picture of your family, <laughs> the picture of your family. And man, for me, that hits home where I'm like, fuck, he left this, but ultimately he, he won, right? He did the things that he needed to do. He pushed it and he, and he succeeded and it was all worth it in the end. And so when the, when the, the paper confetti fell to the ground, I felt like, you know, in a way, it's like I felt justified. I was like, hell yeah, Brandon did it, right? Brandon did it. You kids did. And I don't know why, because I'm mean, saying I didn't do shit. <laughs> but I felt like, yes, I was like so excited for you. Is that, I mean, tell me about tell me about what you felt at that moment. Well, you know, it, it's it's one of them days when you have those hard days, you know, and you're in Kuwait and, um, you know, you just, you know, you're just being pushed and, you know, you really want to, you really don't know where to go with when your brain, you have to go to where I'm, why am I doing this? So each and every day, you know, you're kind of starving for what, for what you love. So you can give a hundred percent effort into it. So to be on that stage and to have everything that I work for just fall right, right in front of me at that moment. And, you know, just being surprised when my family come behind me, it was just an incredible experience. It was just, it was just a real surreal blessing. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a dream come true. It's, it's every, every bodybuilder's dream. I, I, I would assume to, uh, to have that kind of experience. So I, I feel very blessed and uh, very fortunate that I was able to capitalize on, uh, on my efforts. And, you know, it just took, you know, I believe, I believed it. My wife believed it. You know, we, we, we just had faith in the process. We knew that this was an opportunity of a lifetime. We didn't know how fast it was going to come, but, uh, as soon as, as soon as me and Abdullah connected, man, things start changing very, very fast. 
and then the world just took notice. It's awesome. Well, Brandon, we have to go uh, to the next segment of the show, which is the get to know Brandon segment, which we're going to ask you some rapid fire right here, rapid fire questions uh, about you. And uh, go ahead. Don't think about the answer. You just answer it off the top of your head. I don't want you to even consider just pop it right out. Okay. Don't worry about it. And we're going to start with something very, very easy for you. And then we'll go to something maybe a little harder. One food you could eat, you could eat for the rest of your life and not get sick from. So something you can just eat every day, no big deal. Every day, no big deal. Steak. I could eat steak every day, no big deal. All right. So how many hours of sleep do you get a night? Whoa, a good question. None last night. <laughs> <laughs> sleep is like night last night. And I could wait four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. And uh, at home, I may sleep. I'm estimating maybe five or six on a regular basis. Window or aisle seat and why? Oh, your first class by now, Brandon. But oh, yeah, but but still, I remember them days. So I'll see most definitely. And why? Because I'm claustrophobic. If I'm sitting by the window and it's a three row seat, man, then uh, I have to calm myself down and, and try not to panic because I'm like, I can't escape if I want to. And I'm just stuck right here, especially if it comes down real close to your head, you know. It's, it's, I've had some freak out moments where I had to chill so, out. Okay, so I got an extra, and so I'm. I, unfortunately, I've been on some bad, a lot of bad flights. What's the worst flight you've ever been on, Brandon? International flight you've ever been on? Give us the situation, the worst one you've ever been on. Whoa, man, the worst one. I can't remember where we were coming back from. It must have been Germany, but the worst one is I was definitely flying coach. Uh, it was packed. I think this flight, I, I may have had a middle seat. And, you know, that really sucked. It was probably and, uh, yes, that with me. <laughs> we, we had, uh, we had uh, an emergency landing, apparently, because uh, they, had a, they didn't have enough uh, pilots on the plane and they needed a certain amount of sleep. They gave us some bum excuse. Eventually, we, we were confused about this excuse. We're like, enough pilots on the plane. What's, what's going on? Then we land at this at this airport that we weren't supposed to land at, and the U.S. Marshals arrive on the plane. <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, somebody's coming from the back escorting this guy out, and it's, as the U.S. Marshals are meeting him. So basically, you know, that put a big delay in in the trip that was already extra long. We flew into an airport we did wasn't even supposed to fly into, and then we had to re 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 uh, route our trip after they took this guy off the plane. Uh, not even knowing why or what was going on. So that was probably the worst flight, considering it was a long flight and I was in a bad flight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating too much. Pull them off. <laughs> well, uh, well that, I've been on some bad ones, man. I, the, 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 funny, the funniest one I can remember, and it's not, it wasn't even a bad one, honestly. We went to India, and me and Dariel were in the, uh, we're going to the Shrew Classic. And we were sitting in a course coach, right? And Shrew was very generous with us, but we weren't flying anything other than coach. And so we sat, it was me in the middle and then Daryl on the, on, the, uh, on the window. And then right there on the aisle was this tiny, tiny Indian lady. Ever tell you the story? No. Tiny, tiny, I mean, tiny, like 80 pound Indian lady. And I said, hey, I'm sorry. I have to go to the bathroom a lot. I really like to sit on the aisle for, for shoulder room. And she goes, no. And I'm like, oh, well, It'd be great for me, and you could sit on the window by the over there. My wife will sit in the middle. And she goes, "No," and I'm like, "Well, 
can, is there any way I could like give you, you know, is there something I can do for you? I'll buy you some drinks. She goes, no. I'm like, oh, fuck. Tiny Indian lady. And so we're, we're, we're going on this flight, 18 hour flight to Mumbai. And we're flying. And this lady did not go to sleep or look up from the screen in front of her, although the screen was off the whole time. I have videos of this on my, on my iPhones. Literally, she's like this. I'm looking at the screen, nothing's on the screen for the entire 18 hours. I go up, I have to climb over her to go to the bathroom. Like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm videoing her. Excuse me, I have to go to the nothing. She won't get up, and I have to climb over her to use the bathroom. And Daryl had to climb over. I'd lift Daryl over this lady. And she, like, literally, like, I guess, I don't know, like, uh, she didn't like went, it. No, no. She, I think, more than didn't like us. I think she, like, was in, like, her zone, right? That's where she got herself. She was in no, no bathroom zone. She didn't eat eight, or hours. drink 18 hours to Mumbai. Not one drink, not one bathroom, not one get up. She stared yeah. at the screen in front of her with nothing on it. The time. I can see if you're passed out cold, but. No, she was awake. Yeah. She's like this. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was amazed when we left. I was like, holy shit, she's amazing. It's like, <laughs> I mean, another lady. She's unbelievable. The longer we went, the longer we went, no, the longer we went, the more I was like, this lady's fucking. She's a stud. Yeah, like, are are you alive? No, she just stare right at it. And then as soon as it was time to get up, she's like, all right, time to go. Now I'll move, man. Yeah. That was, I mean, that's not the worst flight. I had the, Brandon, did you go on this? You, Brandon, did on this flight. Did you go on the flight from Australia with all the strongmen were there in the back? No, I wasn't on that one, but you did remind me of a, of a, of a, was a bad, the worst flight that I've been on. It was an Australia flight. It was an Australia flight. And I had to fly, what, 13 or whatever hours with a, with a spring, extra swollen ankle still in my shoe because of a, a race that I started to, to take with uh, Flex Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. He cheated. Yeah. He cheated. Yeah, we were, we we were, uh, we were. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but somehow we were, on, we we're on a, we're at this apartment complex we were staying in, and it had balconies, and they connected. We ended up all the way at his balcony, and we were almost discovered. So we took off running and hopped balconies to get back to my balcony, which was probably five or six balconies. He was smart. And he decided to climb over each balcony. I decided to jump over each balcony. <laughs> and the last, the second from the last balcony that before mine, the balcony before mine, it had a, a water drain in it. So it dropped just a little. And when I, I jumped and I landed, my foot barely hit and it just twisted around. So I spun in a full circle oh, on my ankle, sprang that ankle, but I had to beat flex. So I hurled over and hopped through the door that was open and landed on the couch. But I landed on the couch and I had my hands up and my foot up in the air and I was like, uh, I think I sprung my ankle, bro. So <laughs> he went to go get me some peas out of the out of the freezer and I had a belt and I came out and I wrapped, a, I wrapped my ankle with the peas and a belt and he went to go wake up Brandy in the room. And she was like, she thought he was joking. She was like, leave me alone, what are you doing here? And he's like, no, no, he's really hurt. He's really hurt. So she comes out and she looks at me with my leg up in the air with some peas and a belt wrapped around. And she just cracks up laughing at us. And uh, my ankle was jacked. I had, I had to take a wheelchair and I had to I had to take it to the airport. I got pushed by this old lady that wouldn't let my wife help. She almost she almost had a hyperventilated in the elevator before taking me up 
She's like, what's the passcode? What's the passcode? She couldn't breathe, trying to push me. And she refused to let my wife help. So uh, it was just uh, it was just a horrible, a horrible experience. And I have, have to thank uh, my buddy, uh, Flex. <laughs> real question, <laughs> Flex the real question that comes to the, the, the mind of the fans and, and myself and Eric is, did you win the race? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won the race. That's the stuff. That's the only thing that matters it, to me. Was I still won, even and though I spun around in that circle and I sprung my ankle. I still hurdled that last one and dived through the dive through the door before Flex made. So the, I guess the question that begs is that come December, I mean, is it going to be another situation where you easily beat Flex Lewis by diving through the door and winning again, like like no big deal? Uh, I don't know, man. I can't call it, but you know. <laughs> We're competitive, and I know he's coming to the stage. It's always going to be competitive, man. We always been competitive. That's not the first time we raced, by the way. But, oh, uh, you have another time, by the way. So, so it's definitely going to be a. It's definitely going to be. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an exciting look. That's going to be exciting in and of itself. Look, if no other people come other than you and Flex, that will still, by in and of itself, will still be an exciting event. And, you know, all the races, I mean, if you take all those races and put them together, I mean, the chances for Flex, he's going to have to really bring his A game and A race game and a lot of weight and, you know, everything else. So, I mean, should be interesting. Well, I know I know, I know, know he's doing his homework, so I, I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't count him out on that. So. Oh, no. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm happy to compete against, you know, somebody I respect and, and one of the best bodybuilders uh, in the world right now. So, you know, it's, it's often, it's a, uh, it's a compliment to be competitive and compete against the best. Everybody always asks me, what if this guy shows up? What if this guy shows up? What if this guy shows up? I'm like, what did I get into the sport to, to just get a participation trophy and win just because I show up? No, I, I got in this sport to compete against the best bodybuilders in the world. So that's what we want to do is compete against the best. So, you know, I hope everybody is, is able to bring their best and whoever shows up, my job is to bring my best. I, I totally agree with that. And I think that Flex will 100% bring his best. And, you know, Eric and I have seen Flex at his best better than most people have seen him when he was on stage competing for the 212. It could tell you for sure that Flex at 225 is better than Flex at 212. So it will be a very, very interesting Olympia, and it will be an interesting uh, contest for everybody and all the fans. And Dan Solomon should be very happy with the competition, even if people aren't able to show up from Iran places, there is some big competition uh, and there is some exciting stuff going on for the Olympia 2020, right, Eric? Very much so. So we're looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. So, um, Brandon, thank you so much for being on the show. We truly appreciate it. We appreciate SciTech for allowing you to be on the show. Uh, and uh, this has been a lot of fun. We love you and Brandy and all the kids and my, my wife, Darielle, and obviously Aaron, Eric's wife. We, uh, we always love seeing you guys, and we're rooting for you. And it's nice to see uh, good people representing the sport of bodybuilding. Not that there's bad. No, there are bad people. But not that there's mostly bad people. But there are some people that aren't don't represent myself and Darielle and our family and Eric and Aaron. And it's nice to see people that do where you got, like, look, it's good for me. You know, I always think, like, one for the good guys, right? Good guys, you guys are uh, are doing good right now when I see you, and and that makes me happy. And uh, thank you for being one of the good guys, Brandon. Hey, I'm just gonna be me, man. I'm a human being just like everybody else. So, you know, the only thing different about me right now is I'm just a champion. So, you know, I'm just a human being. I treat everybody like a human being. Give everybody respect that they need, 
And, you know, I just know I, I was a fan once and, I, and I've been disappointed by some of the bodybuilders coming up in the sport when I got a chance to meet them. So I never wanted to be that disappointed to anybody else that, that met me. 100%. And and you don't, Brandon. You don't. So then that's a big, that is definitely not me too. And I've, I've met as a, as a teenager in uh, early 20s, I met a lot of the guys that I really admired and I was disappointed. And, and one of them, you know, I'm going to full disclosure because I've talked about it so much. Flex Wheeler really disappointed the shit out of me. And he's, he has since apologized. I've talked to him. And I've never talked to Madeline, but I've talked to Flex many, many times on the phone. And it's funny how in life, people don't realize what other people are going through at the time. And that's the one thing that Flex always, you know, has, he didn't remind me, he just told me, you know, hey man, I had such bad stuff going on mentally and so many things going on in my life that I never considered as a fan. And that's the one thing that while, uh, while I can't speak for other people competing, hearing that from Flex, I'm like, okay, so look, I wasn't just some guy and, you know, he wasn't just some guy. He, he was a person who was dealing with things that were not aware, I wasn't aware of. And so, yeah, he pissed me off and I was mad about it. And I've said many, many times that he was a piece of shit and stuff, but turns out he wasn't. He was just dealing with his own shit that nobody knew about and that I didn't know about. And uh, and he actually was, and he's been a very good friend and a very good person uh, after that. And, you know, it's very difficult when you see a person that's dieting for a show. You, Brandon, have done a fantastic job of dealing with these things and, and showing the best side of you, but some people can't. Some people have had a difficult time and they have other things going on in their life. They have stress, they have relationship issues, and then they have dieting on top of it and they can't handle it. And and uh, that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It means maybe they're a bad bodybuilder at the worst, right, in front of fans. It doesn't mean they're a bad – so, like, Flex is a great example of a really, really good guy who I've found to have a lot of similarities to – in his worst moments, yeah, maybe he was a dick, and I think he, I think he'd tell you that, right? Yeah, you know, he's transparent with that, so yeah. he, he he lets everybody know that, and uh, you know, that's 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 a good thing. You know, we got to yeah. be honest, and I know I can be cranky, and I know, you know, I can be a certain way if I if I, if I if I'm not aware of it. So I always try to stay aware of how I feel, and 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 try to make myself more aware of how I'm treating somebody, and how I make them feel. It's definitely when I'm dealing with the fans and out in the public representing the sport, you know. Yes. I think the, the coolest thing about bodybuilding for me, the, the number one, I don't know about yours, but the coolest thing about bodybuilding for me, what really got me to love bodybuilding as a, a teenager was the access to pro bodybuilders. 100%. So, like, I love bodybuilding, yeah? I love bodybuilding. For me, I went when in, uh, went to the teenage, uh, teenage uh, Mr. Louisiana and in Lafayette, Louisiana, I was 16. In 2000, in, uh, 2000, and uh, 1996, and I met Mike Matarazzo. I already loved bodybuilding, but I met him, and I got to see his seminar, I got to talk to him, took pictures with him, and hang out with him. And I'm like, man, this is the shit for me, because I love this guy. And I got to meet him and talk to him, and that's what made a big difference for me. From the same thing, I went. my first show I went to was the 96 world, and it was, because, you know, and you can't meet someone from the NBA no. typically, someone from NFL. I was a kid for sure. No, Impossible. and the thing with bodybuilding is it's you can meet them. You can go, you know, I paid my 10 bucks or whatever it was, got to take all my pictures, meet everybody. I had a really bad interaction at that show with someone too. Um, Lou Frigner or something? Right? Uh, well, actually, it was two people Paul DeMeo. Okay. I saw Paul DeMeo yell at like a six year old. Yeah. For asking him to stand up for a picture. Okay, um, okay. And then Lou Frigno tried to charge someone 10 bucks for taking a picture with their own phone. So I was like, oh, the Hulk's a dick. Um, yeah, but the Hulk I've heard. <laughs> um, Demayo, I, I never got to meet him. So. He was very, like, very inappropriate with a six-year-old who just asked for a picture. So anyways, 
So then you take it another step further is as a fan, you can actually then even train potentially with someone that is your hero, yeah. which again, you, I can't go do the combine with someone from the NFL, but no. if I ran into Brandon at the gym, he may be like, yeah, jump in with us. You know what I mean? It's just, that's, that's the great thing about bodybuilding is it's kind of a, the sport ends up being a kind of an equalizer, no matter what, like you said, it doesn't matter if it's training level, religion, right? You name it. It's all, it's all the same as bodybuilding. Yeah, I was always amazed by that. I was always amazed by that. And one of the things I, that for me, you know, hearing about Ben and Joe Weider, who are two Jewish guys from Canada, and Ben would go to all the Muslim countries. And he would be welcomed, you know. And this is a time that wasn't, they were not, not that they're welcoming necessarily now to a Jewish guy, but then they were extremely unwelcoming because there was all the Palestinian conflict, yep. right? Uh, and uh, even right after the Seven Day War in Israel, he would go to these these countries and they'd go, oh, you're here for bodybuilding? Come on in. And, uh, and I always love that. I love that story. I'm like, that's so cool that like this guy who otherwise wouldn't have been welcomed welcomed with open arms and uh, accepted because they, nobody gives a shit it's always who's who has the best physique nothing else who's got the biggest biceps who's got the biggest biceps and, and i thought that's super super cool and uh, it transcends very, anything it, it, it has such a unique thing that uh that that's super cool so um Brandon, i don't want to keep you any longer uh we're a little little ways into this thing i want to say thank you so much i know you get back get to get back to your kids and your wife and everything we'd love to have you back on in the near future we appreciate your time and uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see very you soon. soon. Yeah. At, the, at the gym opening, yeah, probably both of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Appreciate you guys' support, man, for all supporting us uh, as a family, as a, as a businessman, and whatnot. And uh, my kids will finally get loud again and uh, and celebrate that uh, they can be, they can make some noise. So, appreciate oh, yeah. you guys. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. Thank you so much, Brandon. We appreciate it. Tell Brandy we said hi and all the kids. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Brandon. We'll see you very very soon. Whether it's in uh, Tennessee or uh, or in Vegas or both, well, it'll be both. both. We'll say we'll both. both. Yeah. We'll be both. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you for coming on. See you, Brandon. All right, guys. So we're gonna do a few seconds, minutes, something of the best questions of the best questions. I know we didn't do them during uh, Brandon interview or the or the Dan Solomon interview because we we're just too goddamn long. I mean, we've been an hour and forty four minutes so far. Johnny's so. passing out. Johnny's he's literally falling asleep as he's standing up. He just he just he just pissed his pants. Oh, again? Johnny. Johnny. Two weeks in a row. Oh, my God. Four questions total. That's great. Give it to us. Will the booth, will there be a booth at Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Pro? Yes. 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 That's coming up soon. Yeah, it's like in August at some point, right? Uh, Johnny, know the date? Am I going there, Johnny? August? Date, though, Johnny. August what? No, he doesn't know. Pull it up, Johnny, on the screen. No? Okay, never mind. Uh, we're, we're, we're probably going to be there, right? I always no, no, we, yeah, we already signed up for it. I mean, me and you, no? Yeah, but yeah. Well, last year was fun. We love the Tampa Pro. So let me tell you guys real quick as Johnny pulls all the shit up. So Tampa Pro is the first show that the Redcon won. Literally, the insignia, the logo was on, the very first show. Uh, and it's Tim Gardner's show. Tim Gardner, I've been supporting for about a decade. Tim Gardner hits me up and says, hey, will you do these shows? I'm like, oh, okay, I can't help it because we've been doing it for so long. Now. And I do all of these Tim Gardner shows, and I love Tim Gardner. He's a good dude, man. He's a solid good dude. He helps people. Uh, he's been great for competitors. He's just a good guy, and uh, I've always supported him, and um, I think he's a good dude. So, it, and it was the first show that uh, we really brought Dallas out. Yeah, he was the first show for Dallas. I mean, Dallas liked him, and um, yeah. It was I mean, a debut of the brand, yeah. really, for the public. I mean, he really he really is a big part of uh, of Redcon 1. And even before that, for my past brand, all the shows, we were always at all the shows. And 
and all Tim Gardner shows. And I always love the guy. Uh, and Darielle's known him before I even met Darielle. She was working as a trainer for Tim Gardner. Yeah, so, I remember that. Um, so he's he's just one hell of a good dude. So what else you got, Tony? Will the Olympia be on live or pay per view? show it's it's web there's a webcast so there. as of right now right the olympia as of right now will be on uh, live it will be on a webcast that being said my guess although i don't know this for sure is if hypothetically the expo is not um is not live you know you can't go there and visit my guess is it'll be on pay-per-view i think yeah, they're going to try to generate income yeah. though dan did not say that i'm gonna tell you that's the truth but my guess if i'm them I'm going to go high, high quality, like you said, three, four times more quality, and I'm going to charge a little bit of money, which is a great deal anyway. If you charge 10 to 20 bucks to Olympia, I'm there all day long oh, yeah. if you can't go. Question for Aaron, is the possibility to have the warehouse closer to California? New customers don't buy again due to length of delivery time. There's a really good chance to have a, uh, a delivery center or distribution hub outside of uh, California in Las Vegas somewhere. Um, we've looked into a lot of stuff like that. So there is a possibility you won't have the warehouse there, but you may have a warehouse there. Yeah, we're, 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 this is like an ongoing process and project that we get into is like looking for centralized additional shipping locations to minimize turn time. Uh, Josh says, question for mental health. For you guys, for the guys who have been training for the Olympia, have you, like some of us, had bad days missing for the gym? Unfortunately, Josh, um, he is no longer on. I think you'd be asking that question uh for uh mr olympia champion uh brandon curry so i can't say what brandon has got going on but my guess is that brandon is pretty uh stable because he has four crazy kids a wife and travels back and forth my guess is that he's had bad days just like you've had bad days but my only guess knowing brandon is that he's pretty goddamn stable yeah and i mean just train with people who pro bodybuilders i mean you know the multiple years i train with flex i mean yeah there's days that you know, you have injuries, there's days that you're not feeling good, you know, stomach issues, whatever. And it's like, I think that's what makes people the difference between someone who's yeah. a champion, not as this, you're still putting in the work no matter what, you'll deal with the, the bad after. 100%. So you got to get in and just take care of business. Shane Nichols says, any updates on the tier operator athlete meetup? So we will be doing several meetups this year till December. We have a lot of things planned. We will not be doing the, it sucks, it really sucks, but we will not be doing the tier operator meetup in November like normal. I don't, I can't believe to even say that, but that's the case. So too much craziness going on in the world. We will make it up to you. I promise it will be bigger and better. If you want to come in November and hang out, we're going to give you a free gym pass. We'll give you a, I mean, not do it, but we'll give you an office tour. If there's too many people, <laughs> can't be doing that all day long every day, but somebody will give you a tour, probably Ryan, because he loves to give tours. Um, and uh, there will be somebody here for you to hang out with, see everything, go to the gym for free. But uh, if you look at out, look out, there will be something cool coming up in the near future after November, once the world gets back to normal. Danny says, MRE RTD, I saw they're almost ready for purchase. So they're about six weeks out? Probably, I mean, it's probably going to be a little longer because we know that, like, we can get all the steps done in that time period, but then it comes down to the manufacturer saying, yes, this is the dates that you're running. So I mean, we still haven't gotten those dates. No, I have, a, I have a whole weekly project call on this. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's much, much. So anybody who has never been involved in RTD production for protein RTD, aseptic, which just it's the hot fill, um, it is much, much different than powdered supplement production where, you know, you can go, you can take your formula with a normal, like a, say, Total War. I mean, that's like four or five week process. But, you know, when it was brand new, it was maybe like a 12 week process. Um, RTDs, you're now dealing with the food world, the Nestle's and the Hormel's of the world. So 
it's just a much different beast. So it's not as quick as we like to be normally, but it's coming. Sometime in September, we're, we're guessing. Ugh. Sometime in I September, mean, we're guessing? Well, I mean, I, I again, I'm not going to give a false promise of a date if I don't know it. So once I know production dates, I'll give the date, but yeah. call your friend in uh, Michigan. Oh, I'll call him. <laughs> Sometime in September, I'm guessing it's not good. In September first, what I've been saying. Okay, we'll find out soon, and I'll and I'll push on the gas and be I'll be a dick. We'll figure it out. Um, well, I'll do my luck, best. Still getting him on the phone. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I'll pressure him. I'll lie, cheat, and steal to get them on the phone, <laughs> and we'll do whatever we got to do, and then we'll make that shit happen. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Radius Report, episode number eight. We had some great guests on the show this week. I mean, we did Mr. Olympia CEO. We have Mr. Olympia himself, uh, Brandon Curry, who is uh, the reigning Mr. Olympia. We have uh, a lot of good news in the beginning, a lot of cool news or interesting news, and some bad news about the COVID bullshit. But uh, all in all, the show has been interesting. It's been fun. Uh, it's been real. <laughs> <laughs> but it hasn't been real fun so oh, uh, we have to we have to go thank you guys so much for tuning in we'll be back next week we have some cool new guests next week that will be real fun and uh <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> we really appreciate you tuning in so thank you guys so much do you have any last words no i just appreciate everyone tuning in to watch the two of us yeah for two hours thank you yeah it really <laughs> is a, we really do appreciate it and we are trying to make the show bigger and better every single week and so is johnny so thank you guys Till next time. All right, have Bye a good guys. night, guys. We've got free gifts for everyone this weekend. We're bringing back our OG swag with a hint of Vice City flavor. Everybody that shops on the Redcon One site this weekend will enjoy 30% off their entire cart when they use the code PURPLE. If your total is more than $65 at checkout, we'll throw in the Purple OG t-shirt for free. At Redcon One, the more you spend, the more you'll save. So spend $250 or more and we'll match your $250 with an instant store credit to keep you shopping. You could have $500 worth of products and spend only half that total. The credit will automatically be applied at checkout and must be used during that order. Take advantage of the big savings and visit redcon1.com while supplies last.